What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Vintage and Stuff with your host, me, Drew Heifetz. Today, I have a different kind of episode for you guys. It's just going to be me. It's going to be me talking about management of people, communications, and that world of things that I've been working on in my own life for the last little while. Why? Because I've talked about it a little bit on other episodes and people have reached out to me and wanted to know more about that, what I've been doing. So what better way than to talk about it here, okay? So this episode will not be about vintage per se, but if you manage people, if you work with people in general, if you plan to in the future, um, you know, if you just want to be a better communicator, this episode is probably going to be very interesting to you. So without further ado, here we go. Solo episode. Let's get into it. Here we go. So some of you know, some of you don't know. For the last year or so, I've been working with a communications coach. Now, what does that mean? Does it help me get better at talking? No, not really. It's uh, deeper than that. It's very much so deeper than that. So essentially, when you look at the world we live in, you look at our lives and humanity in general, we everything happens through communications, um, meetings, talking to people. Ideas need to be communicated before they can become reality. Um processes and thoughts and uh, everything we do starts with communication. I mean, it really, in reality, it starts with thoughts, you know, but, you know, we all have thoughts and ideas and then it, then it comes into communication and then it becomes reality later if we can get to the action of doing things. Now, uh, to preempt this whole thing, you know, I've learned a lot. I'm going to share that with you, but preempt this whole thing, you know, there's something going on in America called the Great Resignation. I mean, in North America in general. People are literally quitting their jobs all over the place. They're quitting and they're moving on. And uh, why are they doing that? Everyone loves to use the excuses, well, these jobs aren't paying enough. Um, millennials or pff, Gen X, Gen Z, I don't even know what the, the, what the young people nowadays are called, are entitled and they don't want to work and... A million other excuses people are making up about why this great resignation is taking place. Now, this great resignation, in my opinion, all these theories are totally wrong. Those theories about people not getting paid enough or leaving because they're entitled, they just don't really want to work. Sure, they hold a little bit of merit, but for the most part, they're leaving because they're stuck in toxic culture, toxic workplace culture. That means their jobs suck. Their management suck. They're not being fulfilled in their daily jobs. They're not, um, they're not happy in their jobs. They're leaving, you know? I recently listened to a study on workplace culture. And 
money is very small on the list of why people stay or leave a job. Why they stay at a job is because of a good culture. They're fulfilled as a human. They feel acknowledged. They feel like what they're doing as an individual has value or has giving value to the company. It's not money so much. I think this is a very important thing to understand here because a lot of people love to just blame. You know, the first thing, this this talk may be bouncing all over the place, guys, but that's just how my brain works and this is how we're going to go to it. I'm just talking by myself today, so bear with me. Okay, so when you think about um, people leaving companies, you know, again, it's for toxic workplace culture. And again, probably COVID had something to do with it where like they're realizing like I'm not going to – maybe before COVID, they would put up with the bullshit. After COVID, they're like, it's not worth it. Life is too short. I don't want to put up with this bullshit anymore. I'm going to leave it. Now, all the businesses involved or the management of these businesses love to throw the excuses onto the workers. In reality, they need to own that and be like, why are people leaving my uh, company or my – under my management? Why are they quitting? You know, and as an owner of a business, this is a very important concept. You have to fully own everything that happens in your business. You cannot blame it on anybody. Everything that happens in your business, you need to own as a business owner. That is people sucking at their jobs. That is people quitting. That is um, systematic errors where like someone does the wrong thing. You know, somebody fucks up in, in their daily work and you're like, fuck, that person sucks. No. That person didn't get trained to properly properly do their job and you're just going to blame them for it instead of owning that there was a system failure in them knowing what to do to fulfill the need of the role. Just one example. But first thing here is this is, you know, you probably want to get a pen and a pad for this episode of the podcast because I'm going to kind of go through a lot of different things that have a lot of value. Okay. First thing is, as a business owner, I know a lot of you guys who listen to this podcast are business owners. You need to own everything that happens in your company. When you do that, you can start to realize that you can affect change and, you know, you stop the, stop it, stop the blame, stop the blame on other people. Not to say you need to blame yourself, but you can recognize what's going on and fix it. Um, okay. So like I said, I work with a communications coach, you know, and again, I want to preempt this again. My business is not perfect. You know, I've really been working every day to make it a better business culture and make people not make people, but, uh, give the space for people to be happy. And I want people to be fulfilled in their roles working with my company. F is in Frank or Frankie Collective. So it's still a huge work in progress. A lot of the stuff I'm implementing takes time. And, you know, again, it's going to take time for you if, if you don't have a great culture at your company right now. It doesn't happen overnight. And that's another thing you got to understand. It takes time. It takes changes that effective that will be effective for a long period of time after. So communications, back to this. So communications coach, it's not so much about just talking and being better at talking. It's about psychology, how people operate, understanding how people work and, you know, really delving into that world. Now, how did this get started for me? So originally I wanted to get a business consultant. Okay. When you think business consultant, you're like, what does that mean? It means like they come in, they they, they get some spreadsheets going. They fix everything up. They're like, oh, this is how you make more money. This is how this is going to go, blah, 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 blah. You know, 
I had gotten advice from a family friend that said, you don't really want that. That's not really going to do shit for you. What you want is a communications coach. Now, so that's what I did. I got this guy. He's great. We talk still to this day, like usually weekly. Um, and we work together on just that communicating. Now, the beginning of it all, um, starts pretty simply. Like it started off, you know, he would kind of discuss how we communicate as a company and I would, I would talk about it and I would tell him what was going on. And, you know, a lot of it started with commit trust and committed speaking. Okay. So this is the first concept we worked on trust and committed speaking. Now, first of all, what is trust? Trust is something that can be built. Trust is a relationship two people have, you know, I trust someone because in the past they've done what they say they were going to do and vice versa. Someone trusts me because they can count on me doing what I say I'm going to do. If you don't have trust in an organization, you have a big problem because first of all, you can't rely on your people and they can't rely on you. And again, it's very much a two-way street. If you're staff or your crew or your team can't rely on you, they can't trust you, why are they going to come through and give you their trust, essentially be trustworthy to you? They won't because you're not doing it to them. It has to be a two-way street. And a lot of owners of companies or bosses are like, well, I don't have to be accountable to them. They have to be accountable to me. No, it doesn't work like that. You have to be accountable to them. Very important concept to understand is as management or as a owner of a company, again, that's management to a degree, unless you're totally outside of your company, you're not managing. You are there to facilitate your team being able to do their job to the best of their ability, be able to do it fulfilled, being able to be happy and fulfilled so that they can accomplish their their role and they will go above and beyond for the company. That's what your job is there to do. You're also a lot of a lot of, a lot of management thinks if they do the work, that's Good, because they're working hard. You're working hard. You're doing the work. But in reality, that's not the best practice for, for management. It's to coach, support, and facilitate your team being able to go and do their jobs um, and be accountable and be trustworthy and be committed to doing what they what is needs to be done for the company. Obviously, that, that's like an overarching concept theme. It's, it's deeper than that. So what me and my coach started with was committed speaking and trust. So what does that mean? When we speak, we think in language, guys. The human brain thinks in language. That's why you've probably heard if you learn another language, it opens up another part of your brain that like allows you to like think differently and more creative potentially or just different. So like if you know 10 languages, you're kind of like tapped into like the way different cultures think because we think in language. Think about it. Like start to have some thoughts. Like every day you're suffering through your brain. You kind of like spells it out for you, whatever language you you typically will think in. Now, when you think about that, when you think about humans thinking in language, it kind of is important. Um that we use the right language on a day-to-day basis. So let's talk about committed speaking. What is committed speaking? Committed speaking is just that. It's being committed to something. You know, we every day humans use a lot of bullshit um, 
language, which is, uh, you know, I might ask someone like, Hey, could you, uh, could you take the garbage out? Right. Just for an example. Now they could say, yeah, I'll, I'll try to get that done. Or they could say, um, uh, yeah, I'll work on that. Or they could say, uh, when I have time, or they can say all a million things that are, that are very uncommitted language that they use. And those, it's very, uh, I'm not saying it's bad, but like these are just habits that we have as humans. Or you could say like, I promise I will take the garbage out by the end of the day. That is committed speaking. I commit to getting the garbage done right now. That's committed speaking. Now, I know this might sound hokey pokey, but in the end of the day, it's not because when we say something as humans, we, we think about it differently. If I say I'll try to get it done, I've basically pushed it off and I, I, maybe I'll do it, maybe I won't, and I didn't really commit at all. But if I say I promise to take the garbage out, that triggers a different thing inside of me that means I'm going to actually do it. And if I don't do it, I'm letting myself down because I promised or I'm letting you down because I promised to you. If I say to my team, I'm going to take you guys all for lunch this week and I don't do it, they're going to be like, what the fuck, Drew? You didn't do that. Or you said you wouldn't, you didn't do it. And if I do that five times, my trust is thrown out the fucking window because they don't believe I'm going to do what I say anymore. Same with the staff to you. And now people don't want to let people down or let themselves down. It's human nature. We want to be, we want to feel like what we're doing is important in this world. And that is by committing to things and, and following through and like building self-confidence is by keeping your word to yourself. If you commit to somebody, you're also sort of committing to yourself to do it. If you don't do it, it's letting yourself down and them down and nobody really wants to have that happen. So this is one of the first things we worked on as a team and kind of to open up this concept of like, we're going to be changing things. We're going to be doing things a different way. We're going to be working on things differently here. Um, you know, it seems very simple. It seems very hokey pokey, but it's, it's insanely important. And it works. And it's something that needs to be practiced. It doesn't happen overnight. You can't just be like, boom, we're doing this. It's like, you got to keep on it. You got to keep practicing and you have to um, be committed to actually going the mile to do that. Um, but there's so much, so many other things we've worked on. So it's like um, supporting your team. You want to talk about like being there for your team, you know, so often within business, we as management, we, we just keep talking. We just keep talking and telling people what to do or how to do it or what they should be doing. And we're not like listening enough. We're never listening enough. So one thing that I started to do and started to work on was listening more and like really having an open dialogue about what needed to be done and how people were feeling. And, and, um, people don't like being told what to do all the time. They want to own the ideas and how to get somebody to own an idea is to have them have the idea themselves or together. Then it's their idea and then it's owned. So when we're communicating, that's a, a, a pretty powerful way to have somebody own something is to have them create the idea or create the plan or create that together. Um, and how do you do this? It takes practice. You know, it really takes practice. It takes listening. 
Um, you have to be non-reactive. You know, you don't need to react to everything. Um, and you can just be there for them listening and not buy into, uh, per se, the negativeness that, that people tend to have around, like, say, doing more work or different different things. You know, and not everyone has – not everyone's negative. A lot of, a lot of people are completely positive. And, um, but listening was something that was very important in this process. So my old, some of my old habits were projecting. Okay. I used to project a lot on my team. Okay. I used to project a ton on everybody around me when things were bad in the business. I would like really let people know that they were bad and like try to like get them like fired up by, uh, like fear essentially fear of that, you know, the business isn't doing good right now. We got to do all this shit to like fix it and make it better and blah, 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 blah. That was like me projecting. Humans do this a lot. We project, we like, give people all the bullshit that we're feeling to make us feel better or something, but it doesn't really do anything. It just brings everybody else down to your shitty vibrational level at that time. Um, and I know I, through this process, I really like noticed that and got it that I was like, fuck, I'm not really managing properly. I'm like, I'm really like stressing people out because I'm, I'm, um, projecting and it's not a good way to be not a good way to talk to people not a good way to do all this not a good way to to live really so that was something i really had to work on and i really changed that because you know as as an owner of a company every day is different like sometimes things are fucking awesome and some days things are not the best and some days you have no money and sometimes you have lots of money and it's like it, it can go up and down so fast as an owner of a company your staff does not need to know that. Your team does not need to know that. Your team needs to be fired up every day to go out and accomplish what needs to be done. And you need to come with that kind of fucking positive, high vibrational energy that is contagious to your team. Now, another important concept here, okay? Moods and um, energy is contagious. We bring it into a room. If somebody like larger than life and fucking hyped up, yo, ready to go, let's do this. Everything is wicked. Comes into a room, you get a piece of that. You like, you like absorb that energy and you, no matter how shitty your day is going, you like, it gets a little better because of that. And you want to you want to follow those people into battle, you know what I mean? And that's the kind of energy you need to bring as a as a boss or a manager um, to the organization. It's very important. I was not doing that for a long time, and I, you know, I'm probably I'm probably over exaggerating it now. Like I'm not doing that now either, but I, I'm doing a better job of it for sure. Um. And I think about that a lot. I think about energy and I think about mood. And I really try to work on that in all areas of my life. Like we have, we, you have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. Every day is a new day. You have a choice to make every fucking day. Are you going to like go into today positive and have fun and like uh, enlighten people around you and get the mood pumping? Or are you going to go in and like bring people down to your shit level? No, make the choice to turn it around and go out there and do it like Fake it to make it. I don't really like that term because I think that term is bullshit. I don't like faking it to make it like buy a Rolls Royce to make people think you're rich. I think that's so stupid. But in the world of energy and mood, like you can kind of fake your mood into like being uplifted, like just decide that you're going to go into a day happy. Like you can really, if you start to like when you're in a shit mood, you can like think about your mood. 
What is it? Why is it? You know, sometimes you can't even identify why you're in a bad mood. Could be like something you ate or like your vitamin levels are off that day or like could be a million things. Think about it and be like, does it need to be this? Is it, you know, acknowledge it and start to like really accept it and like move on from it. Don't let it be you. Choose to be powerful, positive, um, uplifting in your day. Again, I'm jumping around a lot here and I'm kind of just rolling with my thoughts as they come up and talking about them. Um, okay. What else can I talk to you guys about? So moods are very important. Um, okay. So again, like, you know, a lot of people tend to lead with fear. Fear is like the way the, the media, the governments kind of run the world. I'm not about leading with fear. And I probably, like I said, I used to because I used to project a lot. What's the opposite of that is like, um, you know, managing and running your team with uh, hope and optimism is very important. Hope and optimism and uh, acknowledgement, you know, acknowledgement is so powerful in the world of management, you know. Again, you want to, you wonder why people are quitting jobs is because they were never, they never get acknowledged for the hard work that they do. You know, like you have to step outside your own shoes and look at, look at, um, what's happening around you, you know, and everyone's different. Everyone has different hopes and dreams. Um, and you know, everyone's not you. You are an entrepreneur because you have a certain quality and you can hustle and you get shit done and you're, you can be fearless when you need to be and all these different things. Not everyone's going to be you, which is okay. You have to accept that. Um, and you really have to acknowledge people in your organization for doing good work. You know, that saying like you'll catch more bees with honey or whatever the saying is, it's true. It's very true. People need to be acknowledged and acknowledgement creates like fulfillment in a role. I think a lot of times like companies just don't do reviews, don't acknowledge people and really just let it go day to day to day to day without people knowing if they're doing a good job, knowing if they're even satisfying the role. Um, and then it goes so far deep that you're like, well, then, then, then the management like blows up on the staff and they're like, well, why didn't this get done? And you're like, well, I wasn't sure I was supposed to do that or nobody told me I was doing it wrong or, or, you know, why did you wait to blow up on me when I could have like trained me in this better? Again, it comes back to owning it, everything that going, goes on in your corp, your organization. When you own it, it's different. Like if you own it and the staff's not doing something properly, right? Then you're like, okay, why are they not doing it properly? Maybe like their manager didn't train them properly. And now I have to like work on training my manager to train properly. That's owning it, right? That's like owning the system. Instead of just like being like, you're fucking fired because like you screwed something up. Why did they screw it up? You know, sure, there are people that just suck and they can't do their job properly. But most of the time, it's failure of management, failure of the organization to like really support that person in doing it properly. You know, and then like... <sighs> Again, like, what does support mean? Like, support can be, like, a lot of things. Support can be so many things. Supporting people with a good work environment. Supporting people with acknowledgement. Supporting people with the tools they need to do their job properly. Supporting people with check-ins or reviews or um, lots of different things. But I believe that's the basis of, of management.
This is kind of, again, all the things I've been working on for the last at least a year. Well, my whole career, but then it really honed in in the last year and I really started to like work on these things. And I feel like right now, especially with Frankie, we have a very amazing team. I think you guys are all killing it if you're listening to this. Um, you know, I love the team right now. Everyone's doing a freaking amazing job and I'm so, so fired up. And again, that's not all because of me at all. We've all been working together. We all have good synergy now. And I think the people in the organization, people in Frankie and after the rest of the company are like doing a great job and people are, um, you know, really coming to the table and committing. Now back to Joe. So a year ago, I started working with Joe. The beginning of the talks were like committed speaking and trust. Then we move into like something called like um, conditions for satisfaction. So if we're all committed, if we're all speaking committed and we're all like finally coming to the table and getting what needs to be done, done. Again, there's like, so one more thing before I even get into conditions for satisfaction is like excuses. Okay. Like you can literally like decide in your organization, like we're going to like, we're going to like ditch excuses. Excuses are irrelevant. When you come back from a meeting, when you come, when you come to a meeting and you like start to talk about, again, like this is stuff we're working on. It's not perfect in my organization either, but this is just concepts. Okay. When you come back from a, uh, a task or like a commitment, say like you committed to designing a product or you committed to posting something on Instagram um, this day at this time and it didn't get done and you get to come back to the meeting and you're like, okay, did you accomplish the commitment that you set out to do? Now you could be like, oh no, because Jimmy didn't do this and that and then this happened, the model didn't show up and blah, 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 right? Those are excuses. They're real, but they're excuses. Um, you could be like, no, I didn't do it because like pfft, the internet was down. I don't, whatever. It could be anything. It's still an excuse. In reality, you know, when we cut through the excuses, you can come into the meeting and just say, no, I didn't get it done. That's like an ownership of not getting it done without the excuses. Because the excuses are irrelevant in the end of the day. So you kind of look at that. You're like, okay, can we just be real about it? Like, no, I didn't get it done. Uh, I will get it done by this time. You recommit to going and getting something done. Excuses are bullshit. We, we speak in, in this uncommitted bullshit language a lot of times. And it's uh, completely um, like it's wasteful. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of your energy. It's a waste of my energy. It's a waste of whatever. It's just, it's wasteful. It's like, it's, it's just called waste in the company. We don't need it. Let's just say yes or no. When are you recommitting? Let's go. Um, another thing that we started to do was like structure meetings differently. Again, this is a work in progress, but like we used to, I used, you know, something used to frustrate me. We'd be in meetings and we'd be like talking about like a hundred different things. and be like so many things going on. We'd leave the meeting and be like, what happened? Like, did we accomplish anything there? Like we talked about a lot of stuff, but like, we never really like <laughs> came out of it knowing what was going on. And then that would leave to lead to like indecision, like long periods of indecision. And then that would lead to like not things not getting done. And then it would lead to like uh, unsatisfaction in the team because they're like, we're not doing anything really. We're just like moving in circles. So one thing we did early on was like structure the meetings, the meeting, um, the meetings. We structured the meetings in a point in a, in a system where we're like, let's go into a meeting knowing what we're here to accomplish. Are we here to accomplish like decisions on certain products? Are we here to accomplish whatever it is? You have to like uh, actually like state that. So that was important. And then conditions for satisfaction. It's like, well, if you're going to get into committed speaking and you're going to like start to commit to each other 
and you're going to do things in the company. And then you're kind of like, uh, you know, it's important that like, if I commit something to you and I come back here, I'm like, here, it's done, right? The condition, are the conditions for satisfaction met? Did we, did I accomplish it to your liking? Now I can do that. I can accomplish something for you, but like, you're like, ah, it's not really what I meant you to do. And then you could like not really be clear about that. And you could just be upset that I didn't do it the way you wanted me to do it. But I did it, but it's not right <laughs> or whatever it is. So like it's it's also on the person who's at the other end of the commitment to like be clear in what it is that you wanted and did it get done properly. And yes, it was done this is great. Again, acknowledgement for the person or acknowledgement that it's not done right and it has to be redone. And then why why was it not done properly? Probably because I was unclear in the request of the commitment to be made in the first place. Um, so I think that is very important. Again, like when you think, you know, a lot of this communication stuff, again, it's not like how, it is how you're talking because you're talking in a different way and you're committed. And I, I think a lot more about what I'm going to be saying um, to people and what I'm not going to be saying to people and listening a lot more. I think that's very important. Like, um, and, and I work a lot on supporting my staff. So if like, say, say, um, okay, give you a great example. Manager comes to me and they say like, this person is fucking up. They're not doing their job. They got attitude, whatever it is. And I'm like, my old, my old way of managing would be like, okay, I'm going to get that person in my office and I'm going to fucking lay down the law, right? The manager got to pawn off their shit to me and then I, I would go and handle it. What would happen in that scenario is the person that I just told off would be pissed that the manager came and told me. Then they'd be like, you're a tattletale. They would be like, they wouldn't view their manager as like a respected role right now because they, they needed me to come and like discipline or like talk through that scenario. So you can see how that system is kind of like flawed. So now what I do is I'll be like, okay, let's talk about this. What's going on? How, how do you think we should handle this? Um, you know, and coach my manager to then go and potentially, you know, have that talk themselves. Now, this has worked out amazing for me because now I'm, I'm supporting them and becoming a better manager, a better version of themselves or more confident in what they're on, what they're doing themselves. The person who had to get talked to is now respecting them because they had the balls to do it. Um, respecting them because they took the time and maybe now like they worked it out. And in my experience, this system is running way smoother. It's way more powerful of a system. Back to human nature and how people operate. You know, like again, I've talked a lot about like fulfillment, job fulfillment and satisfaction and acknowledgement, um, in a role. Part of that is communication. It's all communication because it's, it all comes back to communication, but it's communication in bringing everybody into the fold of what the business is doing. Okay. Like people want to know that they're working for an organization that's either doing well or doing bad. They just want to know what's going on in the company projects. Um, uh, maybe like goal setting and are you meeting goals? Are you not meeting goals? Why? Like brainstorm together, you know, really just have full company meetings where you're 
you're allowing everybody to know what's going on and have ownership of what's going on in the company. A lot of companies don't do that. You're just a cog in a wheel that you really don't know what's going on, how it's working, how it's being marketed, blah, 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 blah. So that was, that was a problem in our company for a while. But now we really try to include everybody, have meetings about what's going on in the company, talk about special projects, talk about, uh, you know, education of what we're doing, um, and just like turn on the lights for everybody about what the company is here to accomplish, what the company is doing to accomplish it, how everybody is helping to accomplish it. Um, you know, really like allow people to get invested in it. This is important. And like we assume probably people know more than they do about what's happening in the company they're working for, but they don't. They don't because we're not telling them. We're not like really being there for them in that, in that way. Again, comes back to like a manager's role is, is, is specifically there to help people be able to do their job. You're taking the roadblocks away from them to be able to do their job or supporting them in taking their own roadblocks away and teaching them how to do that for themselves so that they can do their job and do it to the best of their ability and, and do it successfully. Ah, okay. What else can I go into here? Um, so again, you know, back to my coach, I'd like to get him on here to talk to you guys about this. Um, you know, he is super rad. I was hesitant at the beginning when I started with my coach and, you know, I was like, how is this going to, how is this going to work? Blah, blah, blah. How is this going to change things for me? But it really, really has, it really has like opened my eyes and like changed who I am out there in the world. <laughs> um, you know, to kind of switch lanes here a little bit. I believe like when you look at like cults and you look at really changing lanes here to cults guys. So when you look at like cults or, um, certain religions, like, uh, uh, certain religions like, um, Scientology or different things like that. Um, you know, I think the principles behind a lot of them are the same. The theories and like the the psychology that they kind of teach in those systems. There's something called the Forum Landmark Education. It is um, you can look it up. A lot of people say it's a cult. My family used to be involved in it. I've done this. it's like seminars essentially, but a lot of people say it's cults. Just like they say everything's cults. What I'm getting at here about this is that landmark Scientology, certain cults. They understand psychology deeper than most of us, right? And they can either use that psychology for a powerful, positive outcome or for a negative, culty, fucking manipulative outcome. Now, but I think basically, I think the principles are very similar. And this is just a theory of mine, guys. This is a very broad, open theory. I haven't like studied this crazy, uh, but I've just seen certain things that make me believe this theory. Now, again, those, those psychological, um, psychological knowledge that they have can be used for good, positive outcomes and you, you know, help people build amazing lives or it can be used for some like manipulative, negative bullshit. Um, you know, again, just a theory, but you know, my communications coach comes from a background of a landmark education where, um, you know, as far as I am aware and as far as my personal experience is a, is a great 
uh, seminar system that allows you to kind of unlock your own um, mindsets and bullshit stories and, and potential in life, you know, a lot. So something that's important to understand is a lot of people have stories. Okay. What is a story? A story is like a, you know, we think story, we think like a storybook, like Disney, kindergarten, whatever. But a story is something that we have in our brain. Now, a lot of people have, I have stories and you have stories and everybody has stories. Now, a story could be like back to the beginning of my podcast talk. A story could be the reason that nobody wants to work for me is because the next generation is completely bullshit and they don't really want to work. So that's a story. That's not fact. There's, there's a huge difference between fact and story. Most of what we think on a daily basis ends up being story, which can also be called an assumption. So I'm assuming, or that person is, I'm not assuming, but that person is assuming that nobody wants to work for them because just nobody out there wants to work, period. But that's false. There's, there's people out there in great jobs that have fulfilling lives and are happy to go to like put everything into a certain company or for a certain person. So part of this is like being able to break through your own bullshit stories, break through that and like be optimistic and be, you know, only like, like acknowledge when you're like telling yourself these stories and then realize that they're just stories or assumptions and break through them. Something that was that really made a big difference for me was when um, we talked about assumptions. Okay. Assumptions can either like be, opening possibilities or literally closing doors down for the future. It could be opening possibilities for the future or closing down possibilities for the future. Now, an assumption is not fact. An assumption is something you think about a scenario. So just to put this in example for you guys, if you assume, so say you're at a bar and you're like, I want to go ask a girl for a number. Now, there might be a hundred stories running through your head. She's going to think I'm ugly. She's going to say no. She's going to think that's too forward and not want to talk to me. She's going to whatever's, whatever these stories you're making up in your head about are going to happen, right? And those are assumptions that are closing the door for the future. Because if you're assuming those, it's like you're, it's, you're going to talk yourself out of doing something that could, who knows? Another assumption could be like, she's going to laugh at my joke and she's going to give me your number and it's going to be awesome. That assumption is opening a door for your future, opening a door for an outcome that you want to have. Another example of that could be like, we're going to design this wild and crazy new type of clothing and see if anybody likes it. Now, you can assume that it's too crazy and no one's going to want it, or you can assume that it's freaking rad and you're going to change the game. It's like, which one of those assumptions, none of them are fact because you haven't done it yet. You don't know what's going to happen. They're not fact. They're both assumptions. One of them is positive opening a door for your future, and one of them is negative closing the door for your future. I hope that um, analogy, those two examples, you know, give you some perspective and kind of make sense to you guys. Um, cause when I started to think about that, I'm like, you can literally like think about, <laughs> you can literally think about most of your thoughts through this filter of are they opening? Is it opening possibilities for my future or is it closing possibilities for my future? You can literally put your whole life through this filter. And then when you, when you just, you're still going to have those assumptions that are like potentially closing doors, but you can like kind of dead them in their tracks. You can kind of be like, fuck, I'm ha like, why am I thinking this way? 
And then just be like, nah, I'm going to go with that assumption. That's positive And it's going to open the door. It's again, all this stuff that I'm talking about, like takes practice and it takes like active, actionable practice that gets it to be a habit for you. That was like very big for me, really acknowledging that and starting to acknowledging the thoughts that I had that were just um, negative and not not productive to the future that I want and know that I will have. Okay, guys? So, and there was stories. I was telling myself that like I wasn't the kind of guy that could be an acknowledging supportive boss. I was like telling my story that I was telling that to myself for a long time. Being like, that's not me. That's not me. I'm not that guy. I can't do it. It's just not in my personality. But now I am doing that. I'm actually doing that. And I'm like, I'm, I'm actively becoming that guy. I just told myself one day, you know, Joe, my guy, my coach was like, that's some bullshit story that you made up. That's some bullshit story that you made up for yourself. And you're living into it instead of like the opposite and letting yourself live into the future that you want. It was like a major breakthrough. So, and I was like, fuck, I'm going to do that. I'm going to change who I am. I'm going to become that guy. I can do it. Yeah, I'm scared to do it, but who gives a fuck? Life is about becoming uh, bigger than your fears, you know, and be, all this stuff is scary to start doing. And like, you, you got to become bigger than your fears and become, you know, as you start to conquer some of these fears, then you can conquer bigger fears. And the, the, those things that were scary aren't scary anymore. Very, very important concepts here, guys, um, you know, that you've all heard before, but hopefully you've learned something from this. Like if you have learned something from this talk, if, if this has, you know, given you some insight into how you're operating or how you can change or just insight into things that you noticed were happening in your life, but maybe you didn't really have put the context to them. I don't know if this was helpful for you in any way, please like leave a comment guys. I just want to know if like my ramblings have helped anybody out there. Um, again, I, this is all a work in progress for me. I really put time and effort into a lot of this stuff, you know, and I, you know, I, and for me, it has been paying off. It has been paying off insanely. Like it's been paying off, you know, I'm happier. A lot of my staff, I think, is happier right now. Um, we're operating better. We're having more fun as a team. We're getting more stuff done. The company's doing well. You know, I'm able to now, like, I have less turnover of staff, which is a huge fucking thing. It's huge. What else can I tell you guys? You know, I could probably keep going on this. It's weird just talking to nobody. I'm just having an episode here where I'm just talking to you guys out there, kind of giving you my experiences. And so I said breakthrough before. A breakthrough basically is when like, for me, it was like realizing that me telling myself that that was not, well, that I was giving myself a story and that was not me and it was bullshit. It was just a bullshit assumption story was a breakthrough for me. I had other breakthroughs where like, um, you know, we with working with certain people where there's been like moments of clarity where we're like, fuck, okay. Like we've gotten past that thing that was like a blockage for us as uh, relationship or as a company and now we can move forward because we've realized that that was again just some bullshit story or something or there's been a lot of them i can't really break them all down because it gets kind of personal on certain people and different things but um there's been so many breakthroughs for me and people around me well ma mainly for me because i'm the one doing a lot of this but that's important um and 
it's been very helpful. And now the, the stuff that we work on, you know, it's, it translates into all areas of life. Very important to realize, like becoming, um, a good communicator and a good leader is the most invaluable skill you will ever have in your life. Working with people is the most important thing in order to have any kind of organization or like any kind of big company or have good personal relationships. You need to be able to work with people and understand people and communicate with people. It's like very, very important. Now, becoming a good manager or good communicator like this, again, not saying I'm perfect. I have a lot of fucking work to do still just, you know, but I'm committed to it allows you to like move into any kind of role. There's so many things that I see differently now. Like I look at like people like, like I talked about this on the Tilly episode. Like I look at people like Elon Musk and you're like, fuck, that guy must like know what the fuck he's doing, man. Like he, he gets it. He gets people. He gets communicating. He gets like motivating people. He understands those concepts. So he can have like more of a massive like work um, network or like, um, people network that can have a huge massive company he has so much on his brain but he's been able to understand it and like work uh effectively in a way where like um the company works like because i used to think like how the fuck do these people like um cope or comprehend with that much um infrastructure and like a company that large like how can it work and but when I was thinking those thoughts, I was, I was too much working as uh, an improper manager. I was like trying to do all the things, trying to lead by fear, trying to like uh, – it didn't work because I had to be too involved. But when you step back and you like start to support your team in doing the, what they need to do. Then you can be like, oh shit, I could do more. I could like, if I'm like getting better at that, I can like have more people that I'm supporting to work and they can be supporting people and we could all be working together to have a bigger organization and a better organization, a happier organization, a more fulfilled organization. Kind of changes your mindset on a lot of things. Okay. I think I'm going to end it there. You know, I, I gave you guys a lot of information. I don't know if you guys understood a lot of that information or you took it in or what. Hope you took some notes. You can always go back and listen to this one again. If you think this one was good, and you know, go ahead and share it, please. I always appreciate that. If again, if this was really helpful for you and you want to know more, I'll put some more stuff on the Patreon. You can go sign up for that. Um, if you guys want to hear more episodes like this of just me sharing my life and experiences with you, um, I'm happy to do it. Um, you know, I had my mastermind group in the beginning of COVID where I like worked with a group of vintage sellers, kind of, um, you know, a motivational mastermind group type of thing. If you guys think I should bring back like a, um, a program like that, let me know. I've learned a lot since then. Um, and that was really cool. And I've seen like, you know, I'm big shout out to, uh, Amy of Velvet Underground for fucking crushing it right now. She was in my group. Big shout out to Tom from the Vintage News who just opened up from another in Calgary. He's crushing it right now. I'm like so stoked because like a, 
lot of people from my group during COVID have gone on to do like wicked things and are crushing it and are happy and are fulfilled. And I'm like, this is so rad. Like it's so rad to see. And I, I can't put that all on me. Like, you know, my group to them may have been just a little blip in their thing, but like the fact remains they were in the group and they've gone on to do cool shit. And there's more, there's Ava of unseen clothing. She was in the group. She's crushing it. Shout out to you guys and shout out to everyone who was in that group. Really appreciate that. You know, again, it was probably more learning for myself, to be honest, of like having that group and working with you guys and coaching you guys. And it was, it was a cool experience for me. I appreciate and I like sharing my knowledge. Um, I'm going to try to get Joe on the podcast and like talk more about like communications and, and coaching and management with him uh, on the podcast. Cause I think that would be like super helpful for you guys. Let me know if you really, if you want me to do that. Um, you know, reach out to me. Let me know your thoughts, guys. I'm here for you. Appreciate everybody. Um, hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you on the next one.